0: Good morning. Boy, that's a tough act to follow. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, let's open our Bibles, Titus chapter one, verse four, please. Second Timothy, Titus. Uh, this weekend has been like a trifecta we have friday night at uh, beaver tail yesterday we had the memorial service for for ann and then today we have church it's like a lot like boom 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 you know but we it's it's been a blessing really uh, all everything god has done has been a blessing but dave uh, our our heart is with you and i know uh, you know yesterday was a beautiful day it was really beautiful and uh this place, just 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 to for those of you that weren't here, this place was like jam packed. I mean, it was standing room room only. We brought all the chairs, and it was all the way to the back. And and uh, you know, this is like over a month after she passed. So you know, for people to still you know come out and make that effort a month later, is uh, is pretty significant. But you know, just her. You know, we we had our own memorial here too, obviously. And but just. Uh, this was more like her family she had a very large family nine kids in the family and uh and uh but just the the personality that she had and who she was and and uh, again that we might emulate some of those things the the encouragement the love that she gave out in her very unique and gentle way but i got to talk to a lot of different people and and uh, a couple that, uh, well, at least one I want to tell you about because it 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 uh, kind of struck me. Uh, this gentleman came up to, to me afterwards, and he said, "You know, I you know he was a relative, a close relative, and he said uh, they grew up together." And he told me that you know they were always there at the house together, and he said uh, quite a. Long time later, he actually came to know Jesus. He became a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and he said that he called her up. I don't know if you know this story, Dave. Yeah. They're talking about Ed. yeah. So he called her up and uh, told her that he became, a, you know, a Christian. And he said she just started, you know, crying on the phone, and uh, and so she told him, you know, that that he. That she had been praying for him for like 10 years. For 10 years. She had such a heart for people to know Jesus. And that's kind of what we talked about yesterday for, for people to know Jesus for themselves, that they would have eternal life. And, and uh, so after 10 years, you know, he uh, praying, it, it was an encouragement to me because I have, you know, my family members and some close people that I pray for and I try to pray, remember to pray for them every day. But, you know, after a year or two, you start to lose a little bit of momentum, you know. But 10 years later, this guy, and he had tears in his eyes. like And he said his wife had kind of like turned away from the Lord. And, and then he said he prayed for her for 10 years because of the example of Ann praying for him for 10 years, and she was restored back to the Lord, and is now completely restored and following the Lord. Is that amazing? So don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up in your prayers. So let's, let's get back to Titus, though. <clears throat> uh, a little bit of review, like what we've been talking about, what we've been thinking about here. Uh, Titus, uh, can I get that on the screen there, please? There we go. Titus uh, was one of the young men that Paul had been working with, and Paul, he says there in verse 1, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. His messages, his preaching, his teaching, his life really, and his serving was really for their faith, that their faith might grow. First of all, that they might have faith in Jesus as Savior. And secondly, that it might grow. And then for their knowledge, that, that they would know the truth. We talked about the fact that truth sets us free, but it doesn't. it's not just knowledge. I read this morning uh, in 1 Corinthians that knowledge puffs up. We can get a big head and get all puffed up, but who can tell me what the rest of it says? Knowledge puffs up, but... Love builds up. Well, love builds up. So to go from just knowledge, he says to here in this passage, to go to godliness, that it would affect our lives. And then he went on to say that all of it was resting on the hope or the confident expectation of eternal life. So he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So the question for each one of us is, do you have the Son of God in your life. It's very simple, very simple. Receiving Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. We're gonna talk about some things here later, Uh, but but, uh, thinking about this today, you know, we had this little time of greeting, right? And you you can see all these different greetings that you, uh, I don't know, did any of you say ola to each other? I'm curious. What's going on? What up? <laughs> some of you probably said some of that stuff. It's all meaningless. You didn't mean any of it, right? What's, what's up? And then you turned away to somebody else. How are you doing? And you turn away to somebody else, right? That's just kind of how we are, right? It doesn't, it's just words, right? You see somebody, uh, you know, how's it going? Whatever kind of greeting you use, that you know, everybody's got their own different kind of uh, greetings and that. And uh, interesting, walking around different places here locally, uh, most people will not even look at you, but every now and then they do, and you go like, "Oh, you must not be from around here," <laughs> and they'll say something like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, I'm going to this rehab, you know, uh, classes down in. Uh, South County and, and, you know, some of the people, they just, they look straight ahead. They won't even, and then other people, you know, hey, how are you doing? They don't really want to know how you're doing, because if you're at rehab, you know, I don't want to hear the whole story because I got my own story, so forget it. Right, but it's just a greeting, right? And we all do that. We all have these greetings. But Paul, what I want to talk about today is Paul's greeting. And he, and he has this greeting in all of his letters. It's really, if you, if you go back and you look at every single letter that Paul writes, it's there stated, there's a greeting there. And it's almost the same as, as slight variations. We're going to look at the one here in Titus. But, but he pretty much uses the same thing. So you could say, well, Paul, he's just repeating the words. He's just saying the same things over and over again. So isn't he just doing the same thing? But I want to say to, to you today that I don't think he is. I think he's, 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 there's something behind what he's saying. It's not just a greeting. And, and maybe, maybe for you and I, like I was talking about learning from Ann and some things from her life, maybe you and I that we would say, well, if we're going to say something to somebody with some kind of a greeting, let's, let's say something that means something and actually care about what we said to that person. Okay? So say something to somebody near you right now. Did you really mean it? Man, it really wasn't that hard. I know we do this. But, but it's just an example of kind of the point that I'm trying to make here. There are things that are important in life, right? Now, I don't know if you can see that. The words are a little bit small. Well, they're, they're pretty big over here. Things that we all need more of. Warm hugs, good sleep, adventures, interesting conversations, laughter, and happy dances. <laughs> I like that one. Happy dances. Some of you are going, oh no, he's going to make us get up and do a happy dance. <laughs> Please don't make me do a happy dance. Nor can you just see Norman doing a happy dance. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would. I can't see me doing it. <laughs> he can't even see, see himself doing it. You know there are things that are important, things that are needed, and and uh, what what I see in the greeting that Paul gives, and again that he gives in all of his letters, that th- there are things that are really important, things that are really needed, and, and for us to just glance over well, that's just the greeting, without seeing what they really are, and that we need those things. Uh, we you know uh, our one of our kids lives in Israel with his family and. And we would go to visit him and uh, stay with the, the family there and at nighttime, you know I don't even know how this developed, but we, we came up with the four things. and I've told you about this maybe once or twice. We come up with the four things at night time, when it's time for them to go to bed. Of course, they don't want to go to bed anyways, but they you know, we, we do the four things, right? Anybody know what the four things are? Kiss, hug, prayer and a tickle. <laughs> the four, and you got to do them in that order, right? And so we have these four things, and 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 these things are needed; they're important, right? And they would say, you know, you're going to come and do the four things, aren't you? And somehow it kind of ended up being like seven things and eight things, and finally I said, you know what? Hey, last time I was there, I said we're got, we're cutting back to four; we're sticking at four because we're in there like for an hour. And they were, they were going like, wow, we've stretched this out pretty good, didn't we? And the parents are in the other room going, get out of there, grampy. It's, they got to get some sleep. It's like 1130. These things are, they're simple, but they're important, right? I kind of get where I'm going with this thing. Let's look at the, the greeting here down in verse 4. Titus chapter 1, verse 4 to Titus, my true son, in our common faith. And these are the things here. Grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. I see four things here. Do you see four things there? We're going to talk about those four things. We're going to actually throw in a fifth one, but I'll get to that in a minute. But the first one is, uh, is grace, right? first one is grace. And grace is such an important thing. I have, and I'm going to kind of go through some scriptures very quickly so you don't have to turn to every one of them. But grace is so absolutely, incredibly important that we all need. Grace. The definition of grace, I was talking to uh, uh, one of my grandkids last night, and I said, I said okay, what's grace? And then I went through the whole list of these things. What's this and what's that? And and she had an answer for it. And and I don't know, I said, where do you learn all that? She says, I just I just taught myself. Really? She's like, Ten. She knew what grace was. It's it's unmerited favor. It's getting something you don't deserve. That God would give you something that you don't deserve. And really the the heart of grace is is really wrapped up in, in who we are as believers. Now, if God has given to you something that you deserve, is it grace? It's not grace anymore. What is it? It's works. It's something you earned. And to go to heaven by something you earn, there's a problem with that. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says that we're saved by what? We're saved by grace, and that's what it says here in Ephesians 2. It's by grace you've been saved through faith and not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's, all, it's a free gift that's been given to you and to me, but, but we have this thing where we like to do stuff, we like to earn, we like to kind of take credit, but we got to stop trying to earn it. It's a free gift. It's something that God has just given to us. Uh, you know, our society and a lot of the marketing that is, is out there right now is about what you deserve. Right? If you, I want you to pay attention when you watch these commercials. They'll say, you deserve to have this new car. Really? Why do you deserve to have a new car? I don't get that. Because you're so smart, because you're so good looking, because you... You know, are so incredible of a person that it makes no sense. But we buy into it. You deserve a break today at McDonald's, right? It's, the, it's this marketing thing. Well, the truth is, what do you and I really deserve? Zero. We don't deserve anything. We need, but we don't deserve. If you're sitting there thinking, yeah, well, maybe that's you, Pastor. I understand you're kind of a, yeah, you know, I know your story and everything. You probably don't deserve anything but me. Now, I, have you know, I haven't done any of that bad stuff. I'm, I'm a pretty good person, and I, I deserve at least something. Because, you know, I've lived a pretty good life, and I, and I kind of, you know, uh, I might have done a couple of little bad things in my life, but most of it's been pretty good. Ooh, how, how much of the bad stuff's going to keep you out of heaven? Not much. None of us deserve anything. And so grace, grace is such a huge concept. That's why, really, I, I'm spending more time on this than, than even the others, just because it's so huge. Grace saves us. We're saved by grace through faith. How about another one here I found in Hebrews chapter 4. It says, let us, then a, let us then approach what the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Paul's saying grace and peace to you from God the Father and our, and our Savior, Christ Jesus our Savior. This grace is there available to us when we have These times of need. Do you deserve to get help by God? Again, the the definition of, of grace, unmerited favor, that he would help us, that we could go to him in our time of need, and he's there for you and for me to help us. But to know this, to know that it's grace, that that you don't have to earn it. Well, God, I can't come to you for help right now because I've, I've done this and I've done that and I haven't always done what I'm supposed to do. And, but, but it's not based on that kind of stuff. All, all that all it's based on is, is coming to him and saying, God, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a time of need right now and, I, and I, will, I, I need your help. And what does it say here? It's a promise, right? You will find grace to help in your time of need. That's a promise. It's something we should grow in. We've looked at this scripture before, 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's something that we can grow in grace, and I think we should. And I think we should, we should understand it. The longer we are believers, we should understand what grace is more and more and grow in that, in our knowledge of Him. I think... As I think about grace, you know, that as we understand it more, I think we can be more grace-giving people to other people, the people around us. Sometimes, you know, we're so kind of law-oriented and we want them to all be perfect and do everything right. But we receive grace. It's like forgiveness. We receive forgiveness, and so for us to forgive them, we receive grace, so for us to give each other a little bit of grace sometimes... Is that too much to ask? Give you a little bit of favor that you did not earn? Well, I'm not gonna do anything good for you because you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it, right? You didn't make my breakfast, so I'm not gonna be nice to you today, whatever. I mean, we have all these things that that we can do and say, but can we just give a little grace? Like, you know what? God bless you today. I want want grace to be in your life today. It comes back to us, you know. These kinds of things that that we give out, they come back to us. How about Jesus? You know, what does it say about Jesus? It says in John chapter 1 from the fullness of his what? Grace. Grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Where did the grace come from? It came from Jesus. He was full of grace and truth, it says in that chapter as well. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What about in times of weakness? What did Paul say here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12? Paul was having some severe problems. We don't know exactly what they were, some kind of physical problems, they believe. And he asked God to to heal him, right? He asked God, take it away, please, take it away. And how many times did he ask him? Anybody remember? Three times. Three times he went back and said, God, take it away, three times. And this is God's answer to him. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is enough for you. So is Paul saying here in, in uh, Titus that grace is just some kind of greeting? It like, it like affects all the parts of our lives. this favor that God pours out upon us, one blessing after another from the fullness of His grace. We need to grow in grace. We need to learn about His grace, but there's one path that I want to give you one more scripture about grace, the path to get to this grace. Look what it says here. But He gives us more what? Grace. Can you say grace? grace? There you go. And that is why, it's not just something you say before you eat, just so you know that. That is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How do you get this grace? You you humble yourself before the, the hand of God. Humble yourself before the hand of God. God actually will fight against you if you come to him and say, well, listen, you know, I've been serving at that church for like five minutes now. And uh, I think I deserve some kind of recognition. I deserve to maybe get my, my name put on the back of the chair. Or maybe get my name put up in the window or something where everybody can see it. And God says, really? He says he opposes the power because that's just pride coming in. Well, look what I've done. Look who I am. And look how I, 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 I. In the middle of the word of pride is what? I, right, the letter I. God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And so for you and I to humble ourselves. So we need his grace. We need grace. We need it desperately, desperately, desperately. Titus, Paul says to Titus, grace. Grace. Grace to you. I'm not sure, I was thinking about this, you know, when we, how we talk to each other. I'm not sure I could say to somebody, grace to you, and, and kind of like, you know, we still live in a culture, right? And for you to, if you go up and start saying a bunch of weird things, people are going to go, not that grace is weird, but I mean, saying things that are not necessarily kind of uh, normal. But, but what if you did say grace, grace to you? And, and you really meant it. How would that affect them? I wonder. They would. They would. Maybe they'd say you're a little bit weird, but they might say, "What do you mean by that, Grace?" Because they have no concept. If they're not a believer, they have no concept of what you're talking about. But really, meaning it, like you don't deserve grace, but but I want to I want to give some favor to you. Just because, no reason whatsoever might change our relationships, might change what happens around us. The second thing is actually not found in your verse and and, uh, it's the word mercy. And the reason I bring it up is because in some manuscripts it is actually found there. And in all of Paul's letters he says grace and peace, but there, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, he says grace, mercy, and peace, so in some manuscripts, it's found mercy is actually found in this verse. We're not going to talk about all the different manuscript uh, issues and, and how to figure all that out, but but I thought I should include it here because some of you will have it in your translations and because it's also included in First and 2 Timothy. And I'm thinking, well, that those are the pastoral epistles, right? 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus, pastoral epistles. And so maybe it is that in serving God, because he's talking about... You know, teaching and, and instructing how to serve God that we definitely need mercy. We need mercy if we're gonna serve God. What's the definition of mercy? Let me get my ten year old granddaughter in here. What's it we, grace is is getting something you don't deserve. No. Right? Is that right? I'm getting ahead of myself here. Mercy is what? Not getting something you do deserve. Not getting something you do deserve. So, so none of us, you know, we, 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 what we do deserve is to be judged. We deserve, you know, eternal separation from God in, a, in a, the big picture. We deserve, and that's what hell is, eternal separation from God. That's what we deserve. Why? Because sin separates us from God. And we're all sinners. The Bible makes that crystal clear. You and I are all sinners. So mercy... You know, is that we're not getting what we deserve. And again, sometimes we are so harsh with people, we just want them to get what they deserve. But we don't always want that I would get what I deserve. We're a little more merciful with ourselves sometimes than we are with other people. But look what it says in Ephesians. It says, because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. With Christ, He gives us. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He's rich in mercy, and He makes us alive. Again, this is a this is a this is out of the greetings of Paul towards Titus and Timothy. This mercy, but one of my favorite scriptures is found in Lamentations. You know what this says? Some of you, because of the hymn that's that uh, uses these words. Lamentations chapter 3 says, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Men, without the mercy of God, where would you and I be? We would be destroyed. We'd be wiped out. We'd be, you know, but God's merciful to, to us every single day. He's merciful, he's compassionate upon us every single day, every morning. New. That's pretty amazing, you know. We need his mercy, we need it desperately. How about the next thing found there in in that greeting is peace, right? This thing is not working correctly. There it is. Peace. Now, in the Bible, there really are two types of peace, uh, for the most part. Peace with God, and what else? Peace the peace of God. We've got these two, two different facets of peace. We have peace with God, because before we, come be, we, before we become believers, there's like an, uh, uh, an enmity, there's like a battle, there's a war between us and God, and, and sin is at the heart of it. And we actually, we are fighting against Him. We are turning against Him. We're shaking our fist at Him because we want to do what we want to do. And and there's a battle taking place. But, But Paul said in Romans, this word here, he says, we have been justified through faith, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The battle is over. We don't need to fight with God anymore. We have peace with Him that's the first step that's the most important step to have peace with God but often we also want to have the peace of God in our lives too right and what does it say there he he says through prayer or or he says I'll, I'll quote to you the first verse don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's prayer. And he says, verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, some of us use that term. I don't know. Maybe it was a hippie thing where you'd you know, say, Peace out. Is that back from the 70s? Further back. Yes. Further back. <laughs> Don't tell us how old you are. We say peace to people and and, you know, but 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 man, this kind of peace that he's talking about here is way deeper than the, the little peace thing we have, the peace symbol peace. You know, peace. That's kind of coming back now, isn't it? Peace. You can say that to somebody. But, but Paul is saying peace, man, peace that, that you can get with God and peace that, the peace of God that you can have in your very heart and it's bigger than your, even than your understanding when, when you have this peace in your heart that transcends understanding because, because the things around you are not looking that great. But you can still have some kind of peace even though like, your whole world is like falling apart. You can still have peace in the midst of that. That's the kind of peace that... Is talked about here in the scripture that's the piece he says it guards your hearts and your minds in christ jesus i don't know about you but i want that i want that for myself but for you and i to actually give that and pass that along to someone else too that's what paul's doing he's passing it along he didn't want to just keep it for himself how about what they said in isaiah chapter 26 he says, you will keep in perfect, what? Peace. Him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. How do you get that peace? Well, well, it said in Philippians, Paul tells us through prayer. But here Isaiah is telling us that it's through trusting. Through keeping our minds, and one of the translations says, through our, keeping our minds fixed on him, steadfast, fixed on him, and trusting in him. I don't know about you, but when I start to freak out and hit the panic button, there's not a lot of trust happening during that particular moment, right? But what gets me back to that place, prayer, of course, but but getting my, my trust back, that, that, that I'm going to trust him no matter how bad this looks right now, and then... As I, as I begin to trust him, because he's always been faithful before, he's always gotten me through before for 40 years, so, so now he's, he's not going to say, well, you're on your own now. As I begin to trust him again, I, I begin to calm down, right? And some of you know what I'm talking about as you kind of go through this, this exercise where, where you just begin, I'm going to just trust you. i got trust I got to trust you. And then this peace that, passes understanding, kind of fills your heart. Where does it come from? Jesus said, uh, peace I leave with you. Oops. Where is it? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, and do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So this peace, Jesus says, I'm going to give you some peace, but it's not like the peace of the world. It's not peace like that. It's a peace that passes understanding, the peace that, that comes from within through trusting in him. As we look to Jesus, I see what I did. I skipped over that one, didn't I? See, I do have notes here, but sometimes phew, just throw them out. They're no good. The third thing, though, I want to look at, or actually the fourth, depending on as you count. He says there, grace and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Savior. I can never get around this. I can never jump over this idea that God is our Father. That is, that is so huge. God is our father. Jesus taught the disciples to pray like that. And we need him as a father, you know. I, I, I know this person. I've seen it around me, you know, searching for a father, searching for a dad. Our dads let us down, you know. They, they're not there when we need them. They're not good people, whatever the situation is. I said this to uh, her last night. I said, you know, dads are good. But God is a father too. So which one is always going to be there for you? And she said, God. Like she already knew that. You know, and, and we should be thankful when we have good dads, but but despite that I remember coming to the Lord and I said, "You know what? I have I said, "God, you're going to have, you can you're going to have to show me and, and be, be my father to me so that when I began to have kids, I could say he, that he was going to help me to be a father because I didn't know how to be a father. And, and I can say honestly that he has been faithful, 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 faithful. Amen. He's been my father. He's been my dad. Now, my stepfather is an awesome, he's been an awesome man too, and I, I don't want to uh, say anything about it. And I was thinking about this the other day, he's he's going up to uh, see someone uh, graduate from the police academy, uh, one of his grandchildren, and he's 87. He just had his birthday. He's 87, and he's going to make his way to go see that. And he was out. He came out here when we had our church dedication, and, and he was 81 at the time. And he came and he flew by himself and and made his way out here. You know. But as good as he is, my heavenly Father is incredible. Incredible. Do you know him as your Father? When Paul said this, he wasn't just using a term, you know, God the Father. As, you know, some of us grew up, you know, repeating these rote prayers or even the Our Father. It's like the Our Father. Like, what is that? No, Jesus taught us to pray that as it would come from our hearts and say, Our Father which are in heaven. In Psalm 68, it says that, that he is a father to the fatherless, a defender of wit- widows, is God in his holy dwelling. How about Romans chapter 8? He says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, that's a, that's a very personal, very intimate term, isn't it? Abba, Papa, Father. One more thing about that, though, in, in 1 John chapter 3, says how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. He pours out his love like you talk about a doting father, right? A father that loves. He says he lavishes his love upon you and upon me. That's the father that we have. That's the father that Paul was talking about to Titus and in every single one of his other letters as he talks about the father. The final one there is is there found in the, the, the fourth part he talks about the savior. Why this thing isn't working very well today. Christ Jesus, our Savior, he says, and, and and again, this has kind of been wrapped up in everything that we've been talking about in grace and, and uh, our salvation by grace, that we needed a savior. We need saving. We need to be saved. And 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 Paul says in 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, that our Savior is Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This Savior, he destroyed death. He saved us from death. He's giving us life. He's giving us immortality through us trusting in him and in the, in the good news of Jesus as Savior. We already read it, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is it just a greeting? I don't think so. Is it? Or really is it? Is it's almost a blessing that he's bestowing upon them grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. That's powerful stuff. There are some churches that that would you know that make a a, a more of a, a an emphasis on uh, bestowing blessings on the people. And I, I think there's probably something to that, that you bestow the blessing of the grace and peace that God gives. God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. The last thing I wanna look at here, and, and you got that little card in front of you? I want you to look at that. I want you to look at the back side of it though. See that little card, this little business card? and uh each of you got one but look what it says around this is found in in numbers chapter six and it says the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace you see the grace and peace in there That's a blessing that they were taught in Numbers, and he says through this you can bless people and put my name, the name of Yahweh upon them and bless them with that. And so we have that on the back of these cards and I gave you one each and I would like you to give that to someone. Now you may not be able to say grace and peace to you, but you can say, hey, here's a card and I want you to notice on the back of it, there's a blessing I wanna give to you. You can say that, right? It's a way of giving that blessing to someone because God's word is powerful. And when they read that and, you, and they say, oh, well, he gave that to me or she gave that to me, maybe he, you, you're here today and, and, you're, and you don't even know it for yourself, but maybe you can take that to yourself today and say, I need that, I want that, I want the grace, I want the peace. And that's okay, too. It's got to start with us first, right? His grace... His mercy and his peace. Our great Father. Our great Savior. Let's pray. Oh, our Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. And Jesus, we can call you Savior because of all you did for us. And we thank you for the grace that you poured out upon us, something that we did not deserve, we did not earn. You don't owe us anything. Anything, But yet you gave it to us, your life, your love. You lavish your love upon us. I pray that each of us would grow in that grace. We would grow in our understanding of mercy and peace. We'd have that peace, peace with you and peace, the peace that you give us within. Father, so much in this little, even in this little greeting, this little blessing, Father, stuff that we need from you so desperately. I pray for each person here today that that we would uh, appreciate, that we would understand that we we have to stop striving to to make you happy because you are already happy because of your, your grace and your love for us. And that we could just walk in it and grow in it. I pray for anybody today who doesn't have any grace, doesn't have any mercy, doesn't have any peace in their hearts and lives. Today, you can simply open up your life and and just receive it. Humble yourself, he said. You don't deserve it, but he wants to give it to you anyways. And you simply can say and pray with me now and say, dear God, I I come, I, I need, I want the love, that you have for me today through your son Jesus the Savior. So come into my life, come into my heart and I just open myself, I humble myself before you today, Lord. Father, thank you again for all you're doing in our lives each and every day. Help us, Lord. You know, the, you know each one of us, you know the situations we're in, the, the things that we're working and striving and fighting and all the different things that are going on. Lord, I pray that you just show yourself strong on our behalf today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing, shall we?